0: Introduction to a Traveller's Narrative, written to illustrate the episode of the BOB by Edward Granville Brown. Part 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. We entered Accra towards sundown on april 13th and wending our way through the fine bazaars on the smooth stone pavement of which our horses hoofs slipped as on ice alighted at the house of a christian merchant named ibrahim khouri who accorded to us the usual hospitable reception that same evening i sent a note to the babi agent which was brought back by the messenger unopened with the disagreeable news that my mysterious correspondent had gone to haifa with baha's eldest son abbas effendi this was most unwelcome information for as mr ez was leaving the next day for haifa and i did not wish to further trespass upon the hospitality of ibrahim khuri it was absolutely essential that i should obtain help from the babis in finding other quarters evidently there was nothing for it but to wait for the morrow and what it might bring forth next morning i inquired if there was any representative of the absent agent who might be cognizant of his movements and was conducted to a shop in the bazaar where i found a tall handsome youth clothed entirely in white save for his red fez from beneath which a mass of glossy black hair swept back behind his ears at the lower level of which it terminated note concerning the characteristic manner in which the barbies arrange their hair compare b one pages four ninety nine to five hundred the wearing of pure white garments was from the first another special feature of theirs thus we learn from the Jadid that the defenders of sheykh tabarsi used to issue forth to attack their foes clad in pure white raiment and crying out ya <laughs> Zaman o lord of the age this youth accosting me in turkish inquired first somewhat haughtily what might be my business i answered him in persian whereat he appeared surprised and after hearing what i had to say bade me follow him he led me to a house situated near the seashore at the door of which we were met by an old persian with long grizzled hair and beard whose scrutinizing gaze was rendered more rather than less formidable by an enormous pair of spectacles this man after conversing for a few moments with my guide in an undertone led me into a large room devoid of all furniture save a sort of bench or divan which ran round its four sides i had scarcely seated myself when another Persian, evidently superior in authority to the other two, entered and saluted me, he was a man of middle height and middle age, with a keen and not unpleasing countenance, whereof the lower part was concealed by a short, crisp beard. After bidding me reseat myself for I had of course risen on his entrance and ordering his servant for such i discovered was the old man who had met me at the door to give me a cup of coffee he proceeded to subject me to a most minute cross-examination as to my nationality my occupation my travels in persia the object of my present journey and the like my answers appeared to satisfy him and when he had finished his questioning he asked me what i proposed to do i told him that i would be guided entirely by his advice he then asked me whether i would proceed to haifa where i was certain to find the agent whom i sought with baha's son abbas efendi to this i replied that as i had but a few days at my disposal and as akra and not haifa was the goal of my journey i would rather remain than depart in that case said he i myself will go to haifa this afternoon and bring back word tomorrow what you must do meanwhile will you remain where you stayed last night till i return i answered that i would rather not trespass further on a hospitality extended to me solely as mr eyre's friend and that if he could suggest any other lodging for that night i should be glad i was not i added exacting in the matter of comfort and would be quite content with the caravanserai. he reflected for a few moments and then said very well if that be your wish you can stay here i myself shall be absent but i will give instructions that you shall be looked after and after all it is only for one night tomorrow i shall return and we will if god please find you better quarters when the consul departs for Haifa do you also leave the house where you are staying and bring your effects here i then took my leave with many expressions of gratitude and occupied myself during the remainder of the morning in packing my saddle bags and making arrangements for the stabling of my horse during the time i expected to remain at Accra After lunch, Mr Ayres departed for Haifa, and I, quitting Ibrahim Khouri's abode, found someone to carry my effects to the house which I had visited in the morning. Here I was received by a sharp-looking boy of about fourteen, who proved to be the son of my interlocutor of the morning, to whom also, as I subsequently discovered, the house which I had now entered belonged i had expected to receive but the roughest accommodation the resources of the house being in no wise revealed by the room on the ground floor where i had been received in the morning my experience of the hospitality of the persians in general and the babis in particular and the deceptive exteriors of oriental houses might it is true have led me to expect tolerable comfort but could hardly have prepared me for the positive luxury which the thoughtful kindness of my host had provided during the afternoon i was entertained by my host's son who showed that admirable courtesy and savoir faire with which even quite young persian boys are capable in the absence of their elders of receiving the stranger and doing the honours of the house as it was easter monday the street outside was filled with syrian christians who continued so long as daylight lasted to express their joy in howls gunshots and wild dances at which we looked on in amazement from the window a most remarkable and discordant expression of religious fervour it has never been my lot to witness towards the latter part of the afternoon my host's son thinking, I suppose, that I needed further amusement, took me to see an itinerant Greek photographer who was temporarily established in a sort of cellar in the basement of the house. This Greek spoke French tolerably well, and seemed an honest, kindly fellow. He was very anxious to make out that I was a Freemason, and importuned me greatly to tell him the names of the pillars of Solomon's Temple." dim recollections of some book purporting to expose the secrets of that cult prompted me to seek escape from his pertinacity by suggesting boaz whereupon nothing would serve him but i must tell him the name of the other as i had forgotten this and begun to weary of the subject i took my leave towards evening i received another visitor whose mien and bearing alike marked him as a person of consequence he was a man of perhaps thirty or thirty-five years of age with a face which called to one's mind the finest types of iranian physiognomy preserved to us in the bas-reliefs of persepolis yet with something in it beyond this which involuntarily called forth in my mind the thought what would not an artist desirous of painting a saint or an apostle give for such a model my visitor who as i afterwards discovered was a son of baha's deceased brother musa was clothed save for the tall red fez which crowned his head entirely in pure white and everything about him from his short well-trimmed beard and the masses of jet-black hair swept boldly behind his ears to the hem of his spotless garment was characterised by the same scrupulous neatness he saluted me very graciously and remained conversing with me all the evening shortly after supper he bade me good night saying that i must doubtless be fatigued with my journey i was then conducted by my host's son and the old servant to the room where i had spent the afternoon where to my astonishment i found that a bed provided with the most efficient mosquito curtains and furnished with fair white sheets and soft mattress had been prepared for me the arrangement of the mosquito curtains called by my new friends namu was such as i had not previously seen and as it appeared to me perfect in simplicity and efficiency i shall describe it for the benefit of other travelers the namu then consists of what may most easily be described as a large box or a small chamber of muslin rectangular in shape greater in length than in breadth and furnished with a single funnel-shaped aperture in one of its sides the muslin chamber is suspended by its corners by cords attached to the wall and is entered through the funnel-shaped aperture the mouth of which is encircled by a cord the bed is laid inside its component parts being introduced one by one the occupant on entering draws tight the constricting cord and is thereby completely cut off from the attacks of gnats mosquitoes and the like the whole structure can when not in use be folded up in a very small compass i arose next morning tuesday april fourteenth after a most refreshing sleep and was served with tea by the old man with the spectacles soon after this a sudden stir without announced the arrival of fresh visitors and a moment after my companion of the previous evening entered the room accompanied by two other persons one of whom proved to be the babi agent from beirut while the other as i guessed from the first by the extraordinary deference shown to him by all present was none other than beha's eldest son abbas efendi seldom have i seen one whose appearance impressed me more a tall strongly-built man holding himself straight as an arrow with white turban and raiment long black locks reaching almost to the shoulder broad powerful forehead indicating a strong intellect combined with an unswerving will eyes keen as a hawk's and strongly marked but pleasing features such was my first impression of abbas effendi the master al as he par excellence is called by the babis subsequent conversation with him served only to heighten the respect with which his appearance had from the first inspired me one more eloquent of speech one more ready of argument more apt of illustration more intimately acquainted with the sacred books of the jews the christians and the Mohammedans, could i should think scarcely be found even amongst the eloquent ready and subtle race to which he belongs these qualities combined with a bearing at once majestic and genial made me cease to wonder at the influence and esteem which he enjoyed even beyond the circle of his father's followers about the greatness of this man and his power no one who had seen him could entertain a doubt in this illustrious company did i partake of the midday meal soon after its conclusion abbas effendi and the others arose with a prefatory besmela and signified to me that i should accompany them which i did without having any idea whither we were going i observed however that the saddle bags containing my effects were carried after us by one of those present From which i concluded that i was not intended to remain in my present quarters we left the house traveled the bazaars and quitted the town by its solitary gate outside this gate near the sea is a large shed which serves as a coffee house and here we seated ourselves my companions evidently awaiting the arrival of something or somebody from a large mansion half hidden in a grove of trees situated about a mile or a mile and a half inland towards which they continually directed their glances while we were waiting thus a weird-looking old man who proved to be none other than the famous Mushkin Kalam note cb1 page 516 b2 page 994 and note w at the end of this book end note. came and seated himself beside us he told me that he had heard all about me from a relation of his at Esfahan that same dalal who had been the means of my first introduction to the babi community note, c b one page four eighty seven and that which follows end note, and that he had been expecting to see me at acre ever since that time presently we discerned advancing towards us along the road from the mansion above mentioned three animals one of which was ridden by a man thereupon we arose and went to meet them and i soon found myself mounted on one of those fine white asses which in my opinion are of all quadrupeds the most comfortable to ride a quarter of an hour later we alighted in front of the large mansion aforesaid whereof the name bahji joy is said to be a corruption though as the babis do not fail to point out a very happy corruption of bhag which signifies a garden i was almost immediately conducted into a large room on the ground floor where i was most cordially received by several persons whom i had not hitherto seen amongst these were two of baha's younger sons of whom one was apparently about twenty-five and the other about twenty-one years of age both were handsome and distinguished enough in appearance and the expression of the younger was singularly sweet and winning besides these a very old man with light blue eyes and white beard whose green turban proclaimed him a descendant of the prophet advanced to welcome me saying we know not how we should greet thee whether we should greet thee with assalamu alaykum or with allahu abha note that is with the salutation ordinarily used by the muhammadans or with that peculiar to the babis when i discovered that this venerable old man was not only one of the original companions of the bab but his relative and comrade from earliest childhood it may well be imagined with what eagerness i gazed upon him and listened to his every utterance so here at bahji was i installed as a guest in the very midst of all that Babiism accounts most noble and most holy and here did i spend five most memorable days during which i enjoyed unparalleled and unhoped-for opportunities of holding intercourse with those who are the very fountainheads of that mighty and wondrous spirit which works with invisible but ever-increasing force for the transformation and quickening of a people who slumber in a sleep like unto death it was in truth a strange and moving experience but one whereof i despair of conveying any save the feeblest impression i might indeed strive to describe in greater detail the faces and forms which surrounded me the conversations to which i was privileged to listen the solemn melodious reading of the sacred books the general sense of harmony and content which pervaded the place and the fragrant shady gardens whither in the afternoon we sometimes repaired but all this was as naught in comparison with the spiritual atmosphere with which i was encompassed persian muslims will tell you often that the babis bewitch or drug their guests so that these impelled by a fascination which they cannot resist become similarly affected with what the aforesaid muslims regard as a strange and incomprehensible madness idle and absurd as this belief is it yet rests on a basis of fact stronger than that which supports the greater part of what they allege concerning this people the spirit which pervades the babis is such that it can hardly fail to affect most powerfully all subjected to its influence it may appeal or attract it cannot be ignored or disregarded let those who have not seen disbelieve me if they will but should that spirit once reveal itself to them they will experience an emotion which they are not likely to forget of the culminating event of this my journey some few words at least must be said during the morning of the day after my installation at bahji one of baha's younger sons entered the room where i was sitting and beckoned me to follow him i did so and was conducted through passages and rooms at which i scarcely had time to glance to a spacious hall paved so far as i remember for my mind was occupied with other thoughts with a mosaic of marble before a curtain suspended from the wall of this great antechamber my conductor paused for a moment while i removed my shoes then with a quick movement of the hand he withdrew and as i passed replaced the curtain and i found myself in a large apartment along the upper end of which ran a low divan while on the side opposite to the door were placed two or three chairs though i dimly suspected whither i was going and whom i was to behold for no distinct intimation had been given to me a second or two lapsed ere with a throb of wonder and awe i became definitely conscious that the room was not untenanted in the corner where the divan met the wall sat a wondrous and venerable figure crowned with a felt headdress of the kind called Taj by dervishes but of unusual height and make, round the base of which was wound a small white turban the face of him on whom i gazed i can never forget though i cannot describe it those piercing eyes seem to read one's very soul power and authority sat on that ample brow while the deep lines on the forehead and face implied an age which the jet-black hair and beard flowing down in indistinguishable luxuriance almost to the waist seemed to belie no need to ask in whose presence i stood as i bowed myself before one who is the object of a devotion and love which kings might envy and emperors sigh for in vain a mild dignified voice bade me be seated and then continued praise be to god that thou hast attained thou hast come to see a prisoner and an exile we desire but the good of the world and the happiness of the nations yet they deem us a stirrer up of strife and sedition worthy of bondage and banishment that all nations should become one in faith and all men as brothers that the bonds of affection and unity between the sons of men should be strengthened that diversity of religion should cease And differences of race be annulled what harm is there in this yet so it shall be these fruitless strifes these ruinous wars shall pass away and the most great peace shall come do not you in Europe need this also is not this that which Christ foretold yet do we see your kings and rulers lavishing their treasures more freely on means for the destruction of the human race than on that which would conduce to the happiness of mankind these strifes and this bloodshed and discord must cease and all men be as one kindred and one family let not a man glory in this that he loves his country let him rather glory in this that he loves his kind such so far as i can recall them were the words which besides many others i heard from baha let those who read them consider well with themselves whether such doctrines merit death and bonds and whether the world is more likely to gain or lose by their diffusion my interview lasted altogether about twenty minutes and during the latter part of it baha read a portion of that epistle Loh, whereof the translation occupies the last paragraph on page seventy and the greater part of page seventy-one of this book during the five days spent at Bachi. Tuesday, April fifteenth to Sunday, April twentieth, I was admitted to Baha's presence four times. These interviews always took place an hour or two before noon and lasted from twenty minutes to half an hour. One of Baha's sons always accompanied me, and once Aga Mirza Akajan Jinabi Khadimullah, note cb one page five nineteen. And pages three fifty five note two, three hundred fifty eight, and three sixty to three sixty two infra end note. The amanuensis called Tebar Yaut was also present. In their general features, these interviews resembled the first, of which I have attempted to give a description. Besides this, one afternoon I saw Baha walking in one of the gardens which belonged to him he was surrounded by a little group of his chief followers how the journey to and from the garden was accomplished i know not probably under cover of the darkness of night at length the last day to which my departure could possibly be deferred if i were to reach cambridge ere the expiration of my leave arrived loath as i was to go there was no help for it and reluctantly enough i declined the pressing invitations to prolong my stay which the kindness of my friends prompted them to utter finding that i was bent on departure and that i could remain longer without running a great risk of breaking my promise they ceased to try to dissuade me from going and with most considerate kindness strove to make such arrangements for my return journey as might conduce to my comfort in spite of all my assurances that i could easily return by myself it was settled that the babi agent of beirut should accompany me thither i was very unwilling to put him to such inconvenience but was finally compelled to accede to this arrangement which of course made the return journey far pleasanter than it would otherwise have been in the course of a conversation which took place soon after my arrival i had expressed a strong desire to become better acquainted with the later history of the babi movement adding that the only history written in a friendly and sympathetic spirit which i had seen was the taurikh jadid and that this only carried the narrative down to the year a.d 1850 in reply i was told that a concise and authentic history carried down almost to the present day had been compiled note for a fuller account of the circumstances which led to the compilation of this history see that portion of note a which is devoted to the tarikh jadid pages 194 to 195 infra end note and that same day this book of which the text and translation are now published was placed in my hands i did not at first understand that this was a gift for many books were lent to me to read in my room and consequently i spent much time which as the event turned out might have been more profitably employed in copying out what i deemed the more important passages of the work in question when at the moment of my departure i offered to return the book i was told that it was a gift which i might take with me in remembrance of my visit whereat i rejoiced greatly besides this i received a fine manuscript copy of the Egon, written by the same scribe the letter z footnote see note z at end For i had mentioned incidentally that the copy of that work which i had obtained in persia had unfortunately suffered damages which rendered many passages almost illegible at length the moment of departure came and after taking an affectionate farewell of my kind friends i once more turned my face towards beirut i was accompanied by the babi agent and a servant who left fatherless in childhood by one of the babi persecutions in persia had since remained in the household of baha went with us as far as tyre i have seldom seen one whose countenance and conversation revealed a more complete contentment with his lot that night we slept in a caravanserai at tyre next day the servant bade us farewell and turned back towards acre while we continued on our way and shortly after sunset passed through the beautiful gardens which surround sidon that fairest and most fragrant of syria's cities here we alighted at the house of a babi of yazd whose kindly hospitality formed a pleasant contrast to our somewhat dreary lodgings the previous night on the evening of the following day tuesday april 22nd we entered beirut and halted for a while to rest and refresh ourselves with tea at the house of a babi of baghdad which was situated in the outskirts of the town this man had as a child gone with his father to persia in the hope of seeing the bab this he was unable to do the bab being at the time confined in the fortress of chehriq but at Teheran he had seen mullah hussein of bushrawe i asked him what manner of man mullah hussein was lean and fragile to look at he answered but keen and bright as the sword which never left his side for the rest he was not more than thirty or thirty-five years old and his raiment was white next day soon after sundown the last farewell said and the precious manuscripts carefully concealed about me i was borne swiftly out of beirut harbour by the egyptian steamer eight days later on thursday may first i was back in cambridge so ended a most interesting most successful and most pleasant journey shortly after my return to cambridge i addressed a note to the syndicate of the university press stating in brief outline the course and results of the investigations which had occupied me during the last three years and my desire to place before the world some portion of these results by publishing the text and translation of one or other of the two babi histories which i had obtained of these two histories i briefly discuss the respective merits adding that although the text of the taurikh jadid only awaited collation with the british museum manuscript while the translation thereof was far advanced towards completion this newer history owing to its comparatively small bulk could probably be got ready for publication quite as soon as the larger work while the manuscript of it which i had obtained being accurate well written and to the best of my knowledge unique in europe might with perfect propriety be reproduced in facsimile by some process of photolithography in reply to my application, I was presently informed that the syndicate was prepared to accept and publish the smaller work so soon as it should be ready, while the expediency of publishing the larger tarikh jadid was deferred for further consideration. On learning the favorable result of my application, I at once applied myself vigorously to the work of translation and annotation, and by the end of July 1890 the first proof sheets were already before me as it had been decided that the text should be reproduced by photolithography i had no anxiety on that score and the excellence of the facsimile produced in the workshops of the cambridge engraving company under the careful supervision of mr jew smith of trinity college will i am confident more than reconcile the persian scholar to the necessity of dealing with a lithograph instead of a printed text it remains for me to speak briefly of the peculiarities of this history both as regards tone and style as to the former the chief features which will strike the attentive reader are one the quite secondary importance accorded to the bab whose mission is throughout depicted as a mere preparation for the fuller and more perfect dispensation of Baha. In like manner, the deeds and sufferings of the early apostles of Babism are passed over very lightly, and many of the most remarkable events of the older dispensation, such as the deaths of the seven martyrs, note c note b at end end note and the great massacre at tehran in eighteen fifty two which renan note les Apôtres, page three seventy eight see also note t at end end note calls
1: un jour sans pareil peut-être dans l'histoire du monde
0: are almost or quite unnoticed the martyrdoms of Mirzabadi note C pages one o two to one o six infra end note, and the two seyyids of Esfahan note C pages one sixty seven to one sixty nine and four hundred and that which follows infra and b one pages four eighty nine to four ninety one which belong to the new dispensation are on the other hand treated of very fully two Mirza subh azal is throughout depicted as a person of no consequence, enjoying for a while a merely nominal supremacy bestowed upon him not for any special merit or capacity but out of regard for certain considerations of expediency. Note compare pages sixty two to sixty three infra end note. No opportunity is lost of disparaging both his courage and his judgment note compare pages fifty one to fifty two sixty three to sixty four eighty nine to ninety and ninety three to one oh one infra end note and of contrasting him in these respects with baha who is everywhere described as the true and legitimate chief three towards the shah of persia an extraordinarily temperate tone is observed and in several places apologies are put forward for his justification the blame for the cruelties inflicted on the babis being thrown either on his ministers and courtiers or on the Mohammedan doctors who are repeatedly and strongly denounced note compare pages twenty thirty two to thirty three thirty four to thirty five forty to forty one fifty two and one oh four to one oh six infra end note four the resistance opposed to the government by the earlier babis is deprecated even when evoked by the most wanton acts of aggression and cruelty note compare page thirty five infra end note the attempt on the shah's life in particular being alluded to with the utmost horror note see pages forty nine to fifty one infra end note and it is implied that Although the Bab's precepts were altogether those of peace, the stronger will and influence of baha were needed to give them actual currency. Note compare pages sixty five to sixty nine infra End note. the chief peculiarities presented by the style of this work are as follows: one a remarkable terseness and concision rare in Persian two an unusual preponderance of the arabic element and the frequent employment of many uncommon arabic words three an abundant use of the past participle in place of the past tense where we should expect the latter a good instance of this peculiarity occurs in the first five lines of page three of the text of these three peculiarities the second and third are noticed by gobineau
1: religions et Philosophie,
0: page three twelve as characteristic of the bobby style in general he says
1: c'est un persan où il ne paraît presque que des mots arabes choisis parmi les plus relevés et les plus rares et où se combinent les formes grammaticales des deux langues de manière à exercer singulièrement la sagacité et, il faut le dire aussi, la patience des lecteurs dévots et confiants. Suivant un usage, qui est du reste assez reçu dans les ouvrages philosophiques, les verbes persans employés se présentent presque toujours sous la forme concrète de participe passé. Afin de ressembler autant que possible à des verbes arabes,
0: four, a very noticeable tendency to omit the Persian auxiliary verb after Arabic participles, whether active or passive, and generally speaking, to restrict the employment of the verb as much as possible. The following instances and the like will be found almost on every page. Will suffice to illustrate this feature on page one last line and page two first line Chon in awraq mazkur vabayanash sababitat tatvil now since these various accounts are recorded in other pages and since the setting forth thereof would be the cause of prolixity therefore Etc. On page thirty-nine, last line, and page forty, first line, Bari Iran dar'in Bohran va olamaye elame Heyran o Pārishān ke xogāne Magfūr Mohammad Shah marhum Well, Persia was in this critical state, and the learned doctors perplexed and anxious when the late Prince Mohammad Shah died. On page 43, last line, and page 44, first three lines. TASAVVORO AFKARASHAN BEGARARESA BAEP VA SOLUKO RAFDARASHAN BAR HESBI QADIM MOTA BAEP VOSUL BEBAB NIZ MASDOOD VA TASHI FETNE AS HARJAHAT SHU'LEVARO mashhud their conceptions and ideas were after the former fashion and their conduct and behavior in correspondence with ancient usage the way of approach to the bob was moreover closed and the flame of trouble visibly blazing on every side five two peculiar idioms common to all bobby compositions remain to be noticed the first of these is the continual use of ceke in the sense of for to the almost complete exclusion of zirahke cerahke or the simple che, which are commonly employed in other works the second is the combination of the past and the present or the past and future tenses in general assertions an idiom which is even more common in the writings of the Bab than in those of Baha of this usage, the following instances may be cited from the present work at the bottom of page one forty one Cheke on sultane bi me La Zola muqaddas as su'udo no zulbude vaho hadbud for that peerless king. Hath been and will be for everlasting, wholly above ascent or descent. In the sentence at the top of page one forty-two, which follows the above, pass matnia nosrat al yom et bar ahadi majadale ba nafsi nabude va bud. Therefore, today victory neither hath been nor will be interference with anyone nor strife with any person the peculiarities of style affected by the bab have for the most part received the sanction of baha and are copied with greater or less fidelity by the majority of babi's so that one familiar with them might often succeed in recognizing a letter or other document as of babi authorship it remains for me to say a few words as to the principles which have guided me in my own work namely the translation and notes as regards the former i have taken as my guide the canon laid down by the late dr william wright whose death mourned by all as an irreparable loss was to such as were like myself privileged to listen to his teaching and feel the genial influence of his constant and unvarying kindness and encouragement, the saddest of bereavements. This canon he states as follows Chronicle of Joshua the Stylite, Cambridge, 1882, pages six to seven of the preface. Quote, In my translation, I have striven to be as literal as the difference between the two idioms will allow my method is first to translate as closely as i can and then to try if i can improve the form of expression in any way without the sacrifice of truthfulness to the original i also endeavor to preserve a somewhat antiquated and biblical style as being peculiarly adapted to the rendering into english of oriental works whether poetical or historical the Old Testament and the Qur'an, which are of course in many ways strikingly similar in their diction, can both be easily made ridiculous by turning them into our modern vernacular, particularly if we vulgarise with malice prepense. Now, though I cannot flatter myself that I have succeeded in making my translation of this history very eloquent English, i can at least conscientiously declare that i have spared no pains to reproduce faithfully not only the thought but also the style and diction of my author the desire to give a correct impression of the original has even led me to preserve the persian idiom where a slight alteration would have improved the english an instance of this occurs in the very first sentence on page one where on the lips would undoubtedly have been better english than on the tongues throughout my translation i have unhesitatingly preferred fidelity to elegance and even if i have gone too far in this i trust that at least the english reader will obtain a clearer idea of the peculiarities of the original than would otherwise have been possible words of constant recurrence have been so far as possible rendered by the same english equivalent which according to the canon above referred to often bears the meaning which it has in the bible rather than that which is given to it in ordinary usage thus by lawyers for are intended the expounders of the sacred books and of the law therein contained and by doctors ulama those learned in theology and the kindred sciences as regards the notes with which i have endeavoured to elucidate control and amplify the text they are of two kinds footnotes containing explanations necessary for the proper comprehension of the text references supplementary details or varying traditions of events recorded in the body of the work brief notices of events intentionally or accidentally passed over, comments and the like, and the final notes designated by capital letters, to which perhaps the term excursus or appendix might more fitly have been given. These latter have, I confess, grown to proportions far exceeding what I originally intended, for the printing of the translation was finished, ere half of them were written and ever as i wrote fresh scraps of information which i could not persuade myself to omit kept coming in i cannot but feel that partly in consequence of this partly because of the very nature of my original plan portions of my work will appear discursive desultory and disconnected even if it be free which i can scarcely hope from contradictions and repetitions but my aim and object has been chiefly to record, for the benefit of future historians, every fact which I have been able to learn, and every varying tradition which I have heard in Persia, Turkey, Syria, or Cyprus. In the case of divergent traditions, I have, so far as was consistent with the safety of my informants, given the Isned, or chain of authorities, by which they reached me when this could not be done i have striven to give the reader some means of forming an estimate of the character of my informant the office of the chronicler and collector of traditions is in comparison with that of the historian a humble one yet the labors of the former are indispensable to those of the latter and must precede them the immense superiority of tabari to all other oriental historians lies as professor nuldicke observes in this that he was content to record the various traditions of diverse events which he learned from this one or that one without seeking prematurely to blend them into one harmonious narrative let the oldest traditions of any historical event once be gathered up The credibility of their narrator's being as far as possible determined and the chronicle may without prejudice to itself await in patience for centuries if need be the magic touch of the true historian but if once the old traditions be lost the loss can never be made good through a fortunate combination of circumstances unlikely to repeat itself I was placed in a singularly good position for gathering together babi traditions from sources many of which will in a few years be no longer available and i was impatient to place on record the mass of information thus arduously acquired so that now as i write the last page of this work i am conscious of a deep sense of relief and thankfulness that no obstacle has intervened to prevent the conclusion of my labors of the bibliography of barbism a full account will be found in note a at the end of the book so that i need add nothing further on this subject my first and second articles on the barbies in the jras for eighteen eighty nine volume twenty one new series parts three and four are as already explained respectively denoted throughout this work as b1 and b2 when gobineau is quoted his work
1: les religions et les philosophies dans l'asie centrale
0: second edition paris eighteen eighty six is referred to unless otherwise specified Mirza Kozem begs five articles on the babis in the
1: journal asiatique
0: though all published in 1886 extend through two volumes of that periodical, each of which volumes has a separate pagination. For convenience and brevity, therefore, the first and second of these articles, included in
1: volume 7, sixième série, of the journal Asiatique,
0: are together denoted as Beg I, while the third, fourth, and fifth, contained in volume eight are called cosembeg too any other works whereof the full titles are not given in the notes will be found described in detail in note a concerning the facsimile of the text some few words are necessary thanks to the careful supervision of mr a A. G. g g smith of trinity college for whose sympathetic and cordial cooperation i desire to express my warm gratitude this leaves little to be desired reproducing faithfully the features of the original manuscript in spite of all care however the reproduction of a letter or word here and there would in the first instance prove defective while now and then points and dots not belonging to the original would creep in most of these defects have i hope been removed every page having been subjected two or three times to a careful scrutiny during this revision the original manuscript was always before me and only when it appeared that a defect observed in the proof already existed there has it been left untouched in a word so far as the text is concerned the object has been to reproduce not to correct or amend from this general rule however i have been compelled to deviate in certain special cases throughout the original manuscript a somewhat Erratic system of punctuation by means of red dots prevails. These red dots necessarily appeared as black dots in the facsimile. Now and then it happened that, owing to their situation, they came to simulate diacritical points, thus creating a confusion, ambiguity, or unsightliness which was foreign to the original manuscript. In such cases, I have considered myself justified in removing these marks of punctuation. But, so far as possible, they have been allowed to stand the Persian title-page does not belong to the original, but was subsequently written at Acre by my request in black and beautifully reproduced in colours by Mr. Jew Smith. An investigation such as that whereof the course has been above detailed can be brought to a successful issue only by the cooperation and assistance of many persons without whose kindly aid the desired information could not be obtained to each and all of those to whose aid i am thus indebted i have striven even at the risk of repetition to express my indebtedness as occasion arose it only remains for me to tender my most sincere thanks to such of my friends as have assisted me in the actual preparation of the work In the tedious work of revising the proof sheets, I have received most efficient and valuable help from Mr. R. A. Neal of this college. To the kindness and learning of Professor Robertson Smith of Christ's College and Mr. A. A. Bevan of Trinity College, I am indebted for many suggestions and corrections. To the rare generosity of Baron Victor Rosen of St. Petersburg in allowing me to make full and free use of still unpublished work, I have had occasion to refer repeatedly in the course of my notes. Lastly, I desire to express my gratitude to the syndics of the university press for that liberal assistance without which the publication of this work might have been indefinitely postponed end of introduction to a traveller's narrative written to illustrate the episode of the bob by edward granville brown recording by nicholas james bridgewater recorded in london england